0: The Haftorah for the Pasha of Shemini is the Haftorah in the book of Samuel, Shmuel. The Haftorah takes place in the year 2891, when David Melech, the King David, decided to bring up the Ark of God to its proper resting place in Jerusalem. David HaMelech became king and was anointed in the year 2884, which means seven years earlier. However, he did not bring up the Ark of God until he was sure that Jerusalem was conquered and was secure, and that he would be able to protect the Ark properly. The Haftorah and the Prophet tells us how David Melech began to bring up the Ark, that he placed the Ark on a wagon, on a chariot. This was a big mistake, because the Torah tells us that the Ark must be carried by the children of Kahos, the Levites, and that they should look at each other face to face. So they put the Ark on their shoulder. There were two poles, two staves that came out of the Ark, and each of the Levites in the time of the desert, and later it was the Kohanim that carried the Ark, put, it, put the stave on their shoulder, and they would face each other when they walked. In other words, the people that were carrying the Ark from the front would be walking backward. They always had to look at each other face to face. Yet, Davra Melech made a mistake. He made a simple mistake that even a child of five years old who goes to Cheder, who goes to Yeshiva, knows that the ark has to be carried by the shoulders. And because of this, what happened was that the ark began to fall off the wagon, the chariot, and Uzzah tried to catch the ark, and God brought out his wrath against Uzzah, and Uzzah died. David Melech was upset that he made this mistake. This is immediately the connection between the Pasha. Of Shmini and of Torah, because in the Parsha of Shemini we talk about the inauguration ceremony of the Mishkan in the desert, and how Nodav and Avihu, the two sons of Aaron, brought a fire that they were not supposed to bring. They were not commanded to bring. And because of this they died as well. So from here we see that it is dangerous to veer from the prescribed commandments of how to serve God in the temple, and that the temple is so holy and so godly that simply you are playing with fire, and when you play with fire you have to be very careful. Today you would say playing with atomic energy or playing with nuclear energy. It's not that God is a vengeful God, but simply because the Shekhinah is there, the Divine Presence is there, it's a holy place, one has to act in accordance with the Torah so that you can fulfill your obligation in serving God. So Davra HaMelech made a mistake. What was the reason he made a mistake? Because he said in chapter 119 of Tehillim, Zemira is hayuli chukecha that your Torah is to me like a song. Because David Melech called the Torah a song, he was punished. The Torah is much more than a song. David Melech said it's like a song because David Melech went through pain and suffering and he used to learn Torah, he studied Torah, and Torah was for him a remedy. It lifted him up. It took him out of his melancholy, out of his sadness, out of his oppression. But Torah is much greater than that. And therefore, God expected from Davra Melech, who was perhaps the most brilliant person in his generation, as the Gemara says, that the law was with David. When he would argue Torah in the the synagogue, in the Beit in the court, he was right because he had the wisdom of God, and yet he diminished the Torah by calling it merely a song. And so, because of this, that he made this mistake, he was punished that Uzzah passed away. Now, everybody knew that the Ark was able to carry those people that carried the Ark. We find the story when the Jewish people passed over the yardain the Jordan, through Joshua, when he came into the land of Israel. So, the story is in the Torah and the Tanakh, that the Kohanim went in with the Ark of God into the Jordan, and the entire water of the Jordan came up like a wall. And so the Jewish people crossed over the Jordan on dry land. So they went now to the west bank of the Jordan. The Kohanim were commanded to go back to the east bank, allow the water to flow into the Jordan again. And then a miracle took place. The ark lifted up the four kohanim that were carrying the ark and brought them across the Jordan to the other side. So everybody knew that the ark had this power. Furthermore, the ark needed to be carried face-to-face, as we mentioned earlier. The reason is because when you learn Torah, you need to learn Torah face-to-face. In other words, that it's me and Torah, me and God. There's no world that exists outside of us. And this is derived from the Luchot themselves. In the Ark was the Luchos, the commandments that God gave Moses and the Jewish people. You had the first set of Luchos, the first Decalogue, and you had the second Decalogue. The first Decalogue broke and shattered. Moses gathered the pieces together. He put it into the Ark. And then the second Luchos that was given by God again was put into the Ark. Now there was a miracle that took place with the Luchos. It says that God wrote the letters from one side to the other. In other words, any side you looked at, the Luchos, it was the front side, there was no back side. When you write words on a paper, there's the front of the paper, and then the back of the paper has the letters in reverse. There was no reverse. The Torah says it was written from both sides. According to other commentaries like the Zohar, it was actually on all six sides. Any side you turned, the luchos were facing you face to face. And because the luchos were face to face, you had to carry the ark face to face. However, David Melech forgot this law. And the luchos that were in the ark represents face to face. When you have face to face, there's no forgetfulness. Forgetfulness comes from the back. When it's not important to you, you forget. But if it's on your mind, face to face, there's no forgetfulness. And so, Davra Melech, because he made this slight mistake, Hashem told him, You are going to forget now this halacha. And they will carry the ark on the wagon instead of on their shoulders. This is the opening story of the Haftorah. Davra Melech now was concerned. Should we leave the Ark right at that location or should we continue to bring the Ark to Jerusalem? He decided to wait and leave the Ark in the house of Oved. Oved was a servant of God and he was in awe of Almighty God. And so Oved was blessed. <clears throat> he was blessed that the Ark brought him tremendous blessing and wealth. When David and mela heard that he was blessed because of the Ark, he realized that they continue to move the Ark to Yudushalayim. And so that's what he does. And the Torah tells us that when David Melech brought the Ark from the house of Ovid to Yudushalayim, it says over here in verse number 14 and then verse number 16, he was dancing with all of his might, before Almighty God. V'david chogur Aphoid bud, and he was wearing a linen ephod a linen garb. Now comes the question to mind: In the heat of this entire passion and dancing and joy, why is it so important that the Torah tells us that David Melech is wearing an aphoid of bud? Why is that so important? that he's wearing a linen ephod. Furthermore, it goes on to say, and he brought the Ark into Jerusalem. He brought the Ark into Ir David. And Michal Bat Shaul was looking through the window. And there she sees Davra Melech, U Umecharker. Here, the prophet adds the word mephazes in addition to Mecharker implying tremendous passionate dancing even more than before. And there are those who translate this to mean that he was whistling. David HaMelech was whistling and dancing together in tremendous joy and exuberance over this great mitzvah bringing the Ark of God into Jerusalem. Michal, the daughter of Shaul, reprimands David, how could a king, what of such stature, dance so crazy and wild. This is an embarrassment to yourself and to the kingdom. And Davra Melach says, no, I was dancing before God. On the contrary, one cannot be arrogant before God. And the Haftorah goes on to say that Davra was correct because she was punished. Michal was punished. She had no children until the day she died if one has any doubt whether or not Dabr Melach did the right thing, you look into the Rambam. The Rambam, in the laws of Sukkah and Lulav, in chapter number 8, Halacha number 15 says the following, Avoido G'doy it is a tremendous, hard service. Sh'yismach Adam that a person should be joyous by doing the mitzvahs of God. Uba'avasa keil, and by loving the Almighty God, who commanded us to do the mitzvahs. So in other words, the Nambam says, a person should be joyous when he does a mitzvah. And to be joyous is truly avoid the gadoilah. It's a difficult thing, says the Nambam. It's a hard job to seriously be joyous, to rejoice in God's mitzvahs. And understanding that it's through God's love that he gave us these mitzvahs. And the Rambam goes on to say, how do we know this? And he quotes from this chapter in the Prophet of Shemuel. As we find that King David was jumping and whistling before Almighty God. So the Rambam says, number one, this is the way every Jew should be. Number two is that it's difficult, it's a challenge to truly be joyous in the mitzvah, but that's the way to do it. Now, one may think this is only for someone, for Davra Melech, to be so joyous. But we know that Amram wrote his book, the Sefer Hayad, the book of law, Kakotin Kagodel, for the young and the old, implying one that is young, who is entering into Yiddishkeit, young in age or young in knowledge. And similarly, one who is old, one who is a tzaddik gomor, a complete tzaddik, one who is a complete bal tshuva, even that person has to be joyous. One may say, well, I'm joyous automatically. I'm happy to serve God. Says the Ambam, That's not enough. On the contrary, one has to be, avoid the gudele. you have to work on it. If you're not working on the joy and it's natural, you have not fulfilled the mitzvah of serving Hashem. To take it a step further. Why does it say... To take it a step further. In verse number 14 it says, David mecharker. It only says he was dancing. And he was wearing an eifried bud, He was wearing a linen garment. In verse number 16, it says, a double terminology for dancing. And there, it omits the fact that he was wearing an aphoid bud, that he was wearing a linen aphoid. Why does the Torah and the prophet make this distinction? Dabra Melech, was a prophet. As the Naaman says, that the prophets used to wear a linen aphoid to declare that they were now ready to receive prophecy. Now we know that to receive prophecy, you have to be joyous. That the Shekhinah, God's divine presence, does not rest upon a person, that is sad. That is melancholy. And therefore, if you want to receive God's vision, if you want to receive God's prophecy, you have to be joyous. And so Davra Melech was using this unique opportunity, while he was bringing up the the Ark of God to Jerusalem, while they were still outside of the city, to meditate on the unity of God, to hopefully receive divine prophecy. And therefore, his dancing was limited. It was just enough to be able to allow him to receive prophecy. But as he enters into Ir David, as he enters into Jerusalem, Now, already, it's not about prophecy. It's not about the ephod bud. It's not about the linen garment. Now, it's totally lifnei Hashem. It is totally to serve God out of joy. And therefore, it's not about a personal connection or personal gain. But now, it's totally subservient to Almighty God. And so, He increases His passion. He increases His dancing. He increases His joy. He begins to whistle so that he is now totally fulfilling the mitzvah of the Rambam, of Avodah G'doylihi, to fulfill this great mitzvah of serving God with tremendous joy. Michal, the daughter of Shaul, however, is a great intellectual. And she complains to Davod She says, look, a king should not be acting this way. David HaMelech responds, you are the daughter of Sha'ul. Sha'ul was a great intellect, but he was limited in his joy before God. I am not only an intellect, I am also a servant of Hashem. And because I am a servant of Hashem, I have the ability to go beyond my limitations, beyond my intellect, and be totally subservient to the will of God by the fact that I dance beyond nature. It's interesting to note that Michal, the the daughter of Shaul, says the Talmud, would put on tefillin. The fact that the Talmud quotes this, that she put on tefillin, implies that she was a great intellectual because the idea of tefillin is moichin, you put the tefillin on your head, which is intellect, and that the mind rules over the heart. And this was Michal, that she was a tremendous intellect, she was a God-observant person and God-fearing person. Yet, she did not have the capacity to go beyond her limits. She was in a box. Davra Melech had this unique quality to serve Hashem with a void G'daylihi, with this tremendous service of Mephaziz or Mechaker, to be able to jump and to spring and to serve Hashem with an unlimited passion. The message of the avtora is very clear, and that is every one of us who comes from the nation of David, David, Melech, Yisrael, Chaivikayim, King David, the king of Israel is alive and continues to exist in each and every one of us. And therefore, we need to dance with joy. We have to be joyous. And as we come from the holiday of Pesach, this eight-day holiday outside of Israel, and in Israel, seven-day holiday, we need to take the joy of Pesach, which is Passach, to jump over, to spring, to be a father to dance, and to say, Baruch Hashem, ato b'chatonu mikolamim, God, you have chosen us from all the nations of the world, you have given us a Torah. And we have a tremendous opportunity to bring light unto all the nations of the world. And this needs to evoke within us a tremendous joy, a tremendous simcha. And even though it's not easy to be joyous, it's a lot easier to go to sleep and be sad. Says the Rambam, I recognize this challenge. I recognize that it's hard to be joyous, but you have to do it and you have the power to do it. Because Dabra Melech gives every Jew the power. It's interesting to note that the Nambam mentions this halacha in the laws of of Lulav and the laws of Sukkah, which the Haldeh of Sukkis is the mitochondria of joy for the entire year. And in this chapter, chapter 8, halacha number 15, perhaps to imply number 1, 8 is beyond nature. 8 also alludes to the 8 day Haldeh of Sukkis, and 15 is the day of the month that Sukkos begins, the 15th day of the month of Tishrei. Says the Rambam, you should know that we have the power from the holiday of Sukkos, the 8 day holiday, that begins on the 15th day of the month when the moon, on the 15th day of the Jewish calendar is complete, and the Jewish people are compared to the moon, implying that the moon has waxed to its full power, that God gives us now additional strength to be able to be joyous, And therefore, we need to bring this joy every day into our life to be able to be to be able to jump and spring and and be happy and be joyous in the service of Almighty God. It's interesting to note that we mentioned that David HaMelech whistled and the Rebbe would at Fabrengans encourage people to whistle. There was a yid by the name of Rameir Abu Hassera. He was a grandchild of the great Baba Sally. And the Rebbe would turn to him and go like this, to whistle, and he would whistle. And the whole 770 would whistle. I heard once from my grandfather, Rabbi Jacob bless blessed memory, that he said, that the Rebbe once said, that because Mayer did not whistle properly at this Fabrengen, we lost one. We lost one, because he did not whistle properly. When you whistle, you're able to pull a person out of his lowest ebb, of his lowest level of impurity and raise him up to the highest level of spirituality. So when we are joyous, not only is it good for us, but we have the potential to inspire another yid, another person, and to raise them up as well. And if we're not joyous enough, and we're not whistling enough, not only are we not fulfilling our mitzvah, as the Ramam says, avoid the of this great service. But we also can lose another one. We can also lose another Yid. We can also lose another person. So this is the inspiration of this week's Haftayra, that Each one of us has the Ark of God in our hearts, and that is the study of Torah. And each one of us has the Mishkan within our hearts, which is the ability to pray and give charity and to unite with the Shekhinah. But for us to bring up the ark, to close the ark, to bring us to the next level, we need to be joyous and gadol Godoylihi, this no doubt is a tremendous responsibility. So we hope and pray that in this khus, in the merit of this Aftorah, in the merit of David Amelik, who is the father of Mashiach, that comes from Davra Melech, we will be joyous every single day and serve God with tremendous joy. As the Rebbe once said, that the word Mashiach is Sameach Yud. When a Yid serves God with Simcha, when a person serves God with joy, Sameach and Yud, the letter Yud is 10. With all Eser, Kueches and Nefesh, all 10 faculties of the soul, the three intellectual and seven emotional. Then you have Mashiach. He once said, all that is lacking is joy. We have everything. We did everything. We did all the service. We did all the mitzvahs. We learned all the Torah. The world is ready for Mashiach. All we have to do is be joyous. Joyous is the icing on the cake. Joyous is the cherry on top. Joyous is playing with fire and using the fire to serve Almighty God. We hope and pray that in this chus of Passover, in this chus of joy, we will see the coming of Mashiach, bimheda bimenu, amen.